You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I, I think I think people would be, oh, you didn't really eat it, but I mean, I can't dislocate my jaw like a snake and fit that whole thing in there. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. It's Travis Curra and Brazilian Ty with another off-season check-in. And Ty, the worst thing ever happened to me last weekend. <laughs> and I think you know where I'm going with this. Uh, I made a tweet about it, and I know it raisins... It can't be worse than mine. Oh, yeah. Ra- raisins are a hot topic <laughs> when it comes to the CFL community. Uh, when, when it comes to butter tarts and uh, things like that, which... Nah, and and we've had some adverse interactions with raisins the last two weeks between the two of us. Yeah, we have. So I was doing the Canada Winter Games. They were in town last week for a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and I emceed the Biff Naked and Chaos show. And <laughs> not Not a bad show to be at. And I was in the VIP section. So you had free chips... You had free chocolate-covered peanuts. It was great. And you had a great side view of the stage. So I had a bag of chocolate-covered peanuts. And I'm like, well, you know what? It's VIP. I'm going to have another one. And I'm like, well, that peanut tasted really weird. And I had another one. And I'm like, those aren't peanuts. They're raisins. And I look at the bag, and I felt so betrayed. So betrayed. It was one of the worst moments of my life. I, I like gloss sets, and mainly just because of the chocolate. Like, I'm not a big raisin guy, but the chocolate coating, I mean, there's enough chocolate where it kind of kills the taste of the raisin as it is. Well, yeah, and once I knew it but was when raisins, you're not expecting it. Yeah. I was okay. But when you take a bite and you're like, something's wrong with that peanut, and I should probably not be eating it. <laughs> yeah, like when you take a bite of a chocolate-covered almond and it's like kind of soft. Yeah, that's like, not that's, good. That's not right. So you were betrayed you too. Them. Yeah, Sunday night after supper, uh, went into the rec room because they have a big TV and it's in HD. So I went to watch the evening draw of the briar and I grabbed two chocolate chip cookies. And I ate the first one with no problems. Uh, waited a little bit and about the start of the seventh or eighth end, I'm like, yeah, I'll have my other cookie. And then by the time I finish that, this end will be over. I'll go watch the last two in my room. Took one bite. I actually didn't even break my bite off. Uh, it was an oatmeal raisin cookie <laughs> instead of a chocolate chip cookie. It was upside down in the tray and with all the other chocolate chip cookies. So I was upset. I didn't even. I didn't even eat it. I threw it out. Ah, oh, cookie roulette. Like you were so betrayed. I, I, it ruined my night. <laughs> and I also had to like. Oh, it was. And I had to watch. Brennan Botcher curl. So I mean, it wasn't. It, it's not like it's not like it was a good night to start. <laughs> In the huddle with Karan Ty on the Two and Out podcast. 
all right. It's not the busiest episode of all time, but I think we've got enough things to put together an episode right here. I wouldn't normally lead with something like this. We're already on the topic of food. Let's oh, weird. Let's shift over to stadium food. I don't know. My heart stopped in more ways than one when I saw what BC Place is going to be selling this year. And it makes me really want to go to a BC Lions game again. I went last year. uh, Riders were in town. uh, And you know what? They they have great game day production in BC. Now they've got Mm -hmm. a legit quarterback, an MOP, and what they're selling for food there? Holy crap. If they're not selling 25,000, 30,000 tickets a game, that is not good. So I don't know how to describe this to you. Uh, It it is probably the biggest burger I've ever seen. I I really don't care how much it costs, but here's what it's got. It's got three beef patties, also on the burger, three chicken strips, six Mm -hmm. pieces of bacon, and one hot dog. Oh, man. (laughs) It actually looked like there were fries on it, too. (laughs) That thing is massive. The only thing I don't understand. The only thing I don't understand is that they want to attract people. Like, and and it, I'm sure people will. And there will be a handful of people that go to the game just to get that burger. Right. The only the only problem I have with it is you're going if you eat that burger, somebody else is going to have to like you're going to have to replace the person that ate that. <laughs> that person's not going to be able to come back to the next game. So you're like you're basically killing off your clientele with heart attacks and high cholesterol. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. If I'm I'm gonna go to BC Place, I'm gonna get one. But it, it's just it seems counterproductive. But I mean, like, joking of course, uh, as like to kill off your own clientele. But um, no, that that thing looks amazing. Uh, I wouldn't be I would be able to eat it. I would have to take it apart though. So yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, if yeah. I would. I, I think I think people would be. Oh, you didn't really eat it. But I mean. I can't dislocate my jaw like a snake and fit that whole thing in there. <laughs> Would you try the rainbow grilled cheese? Did you see that? Is it just food coloring? I don't know. I'm assuming. Like, unless it's some kind of, like, I only really like cheddar and matzah. So if it's like some kind of weird, like, Gouda or whatever, I'm probably not going to eat it. <laughs> but this burger, I really want to try. Now, I don't know if I can make it to Vancouver this year. But uh, next year, it is definitely on <laughs> my bucket list, and that's one of my favorite things yeah, about it, baseball. It'll be your bucket list because that'll be that has to be the bottom of the bucket list. So that has to be the last thing the you last do because you might you <laughs> might not have a chance to do anything else. That's my favorite thing about baseball. Spring training's underway, mm-hmm. and every year, the ballparks and even the minor league ballparks reveal like. What, the new food items they're going to have. And I, I think we could use some more of that in Canada. And I, I give a big thumbs up to BC Place and the BC Lions for leading the way here. I would like to see this come across the country. Although every time I go to Mosaic Stadium now, I go for the Progies and Kubasaw. I love it. You have to. You have to. It's a and They're actually good. And then when you get to the bottom of the Mosaic, I really don't know if it's butter it's probably water and condensation, but there's a good inch of melted goodness at the bottom of it. Yep. And then I haven't drank some it yet, but some I might. bacon bits and <laughs> oh, Labor Day, man. Pierogi eating Labor contest? Day. 
No, no, I want you to drink it. Uh, I might get the yardstick at Labor Day. Oh. 24 pierogies? I tried that last time I was there. How many did you eat? Uh, I think I got through 19. Oh, come on, you can't home. stop with five to go. No, man, I it, it was touch and go leaving, this, leaving the stadium on the bus. <laughs> like every bump I hit, I just wanted to hurl. And then <laughs> I got to Chamberlain and had to make a pit stop. Oh, the old Chamberlain pit stop. Uh, did you get ice yeah. cream at least? <laughs> well, not the, the it was closed because it was ah. late or later, but I, I still got like a ice cream sandwich from the gas station where I used the bathroom. There we go. There we go. Speaking <laughs> of Mosaic Stadium, Grey Cup 2020 will be in Regina and 2021 will be in Hamilton. Uh, we've already got our hotel room for Regina, so that stress is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't have had stress anyway because it's your issue and I just pay you. So if we wouldn't have had a room, I would have just found somebody to stay with. <laughs> yeah, would you have been on Kij- – yeah, you would have just went along with anybody. people. Yep. We could have rented a Winnebago and slept at the Walmart. Yeah, if there was a plug-in. Yeah, we can get a couple hundred pound propane bottles. I have my ticket. I can fill them. <laughs> uh, the Hamilton one is going to be interesting. I've done some research. Uh, hotels in the city center are at a premium there as well, although there are more outlying communities within mm-hmm. uh, driving distance than Regina. So, I mean, we're going to get stuck in Kingston. I really hope not. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to try not to be. Game. But, uh, yeah, i got to get to Hamilton and uh, see the Grey Cup there. That being said, ticket prices have been released for this year's game in Calgary, and there are a lot of complaints, but it's really par for the course. These these tickets are not more money. Okay, Edmonton's kind of the outlier, but they're right on par with... that's a 55,000-seat stadium. Yeah. They're right on par with the Ottawa Grey Cup, the Winnipeg Grey Cup, and the Toronto Grey Cup. Actually, the premium seats in those three Grey Cups were more than uh, the game in Calgary. So, I mean, there's no temp seats. There's not that many cheap seats. Uh, 120 bucks are the cheapest seat if you're not a season ticket holder. And actually, they're offering Stamps fans, if they uh, renew for two seasons instead of just the next year, they get a further discount on their Grey Cup seat. So if there's a Stampede season ticket holder that uh, is going to renew anyway and doesn't want to go to the game, I'm your guy. Let me know. <laughs> the the only thing I have a problem with is the goal line seats being as much as the midfield seats. Yeah, the the premium section there is pretty... It's a little big. It's a little big. It is big. <laughs> yeah. Uh Basically, if you want to sit near uh, an entrance and you don't want to do 60 stairs, you got to pay some money. But uh, It might be worth it. <laughs> it's kind of par for the course. It's it's the way the Grey Cup is these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if fans want to talk with their wallets, I would not be uh, opposed to that. Um, we'll, we'll see if they make the changes here. Uh, but that's what it's going to be in Calgary. I, I wonder if we're... We the Grey Cup has peaked, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But about ten years ago, when it was in Edmonton, it sold out. You know, a week, uh, mm-hmm. and that was a, like a really high point for the league. I wonder if we'll ever get there 
again. It, it just seems like people have changed even in the last decade. They really are not keen on sitting outside in November. No, and the TV product is so much better now than it was even 10 years ago. Uh, you know, I have a projector at home, and there there is a difference compared to my 65-inch that I have as well. But it's it's not that big of a difference, and the production value and the picture that you can get, it's it's you sit at home, you save all that money, uh, you know, you you can you don't have to worry about transport, cabs, a hotel if you're going to stay overnight and all that stuff. So I get that. Uh, at the same time, uh, Grey Cup is an event, so I mean, and it's it's the CFL's premier event. You got to expect premier pricing um and like you said fans want to talk with their wallets that's fine and you're all for that but i think that if somebody doesn't go somebody else is gonna take like i, I don't know it would take on mass amounts of people to not buy tickets to make a niche to make an effort because yeah. bitching and moaning on twitter isn't gonna make a difference if people are still buying tickets now, there's been sort of a rumor. What do you make of the CFL possibly moving this year's playoff games, other than the Grey Cup, to Saturday? They've done it before, and ratings kind of cratered. Uh, it, I, I get not wanting to go up against the NFL. I know that we've we've said that. And, you know, even said about moving the, the season up, about having to go against the Stanley Cup final. Uh, you know, it's just less competition on Saturday uh, in Canada anyways. I, I mean, I, I know a lot of college football fans. I am one myself. But if it's a CFL playoff game, I'm probably going to pick the playoff game over, a, you know, a college football game that, you know, it doesn't really matter because the four teams that are in the playoff are already in it. It's already decided. So, uh you know, Saturday is nice because, I mean, if you're going to get in one, you still have Sunday to recover. Uh, but they've, they've tried it before, and it, it wasn't that big of a success. Uh, but maybe now it, things are different. Uh, it could work. I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Uh, you know, you still have – it's not like it's going to be a, a super short week uh, leading into uh, that – the division semifinals. Uh, it's only one less day, so I, I don't see an issue with it. If the ratings crater – Though I mean, you kind of got to keep it on Sunday. I don't know. It, it's tough. Like I, I don't see an issue with it other than the ratings, and you know they need they need eyes to make money. So I do just see that uh, hockey night in Canada is a bigger threat than uh, regular season NFL football. That's just me uh, when it comes to but, comes to ratings. And but you go eleven o'clock, two o'clock, and that rolls right into hockey night in Canada. A lot of people have brought up the point that uh, U-Sports playoffs are during that time as well, and I know they get, at this time, broadcast by the competitor, and the last few years, there have been just absolute blowouts a lot of the time with Laval Mm -hmm. just crushing whoever comes out of the Atlantic provinces, but... um, there, there's that point as well. So the last time they did it on Saturday was uh, 2008. And the East semifinal that year was Edmonton versus Winnipeg. So all of your ratings are coming between Vancouver and Winnipeg for that mm-hmm. uh, semifinal and weekend. That's, and that's at 10 a.m. And the 
ratings. I know a lot of people crap on the, um, you know, attendance in Toronto and stuff like that. The ratings do well in Toronto and that area of Southern mm-hmm. Ontario because the population base is massive. But it was Edmonton versus Winnipeg for an East semifinal. That's, <laughs> that doesn't really speak to those people in Southern Ontario at all. No, you, you've alienated half the country with that. With with because especially with Winnipeg being in the East, which it, it the only reason it made sense was for balance, but it makes it made zero sense otherwise. I mean, you're two, and then having a crossover team, so you basically have four West teams in the playoffs. It, it's really tough to get eyes uh, west of Man or east of Manitoba. So uh, this year, obviously, now with Ottawa back in it, Winnipeg in the West, it could be a crossover game again. But uh, mm-hmm. there's actually a, it's a 100 percent chance that a uh, that Ontario Hamilton team will be, would be in it uh, uh, because Montreal's oh, not. So we're totally <laughs> writing off Montreal then. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. It's almost like they don't have a quarterback or something. <laughs> nice, nice segue. First, uh, do need <laughs> thank to say you here all week. <laughs> do need to say thank you to ATB Financial. Uh, they are the title sponsor of the Alberta Podcast Network, and they make it run right now. So if you're looking to invest some cash, whether you want to save up for your first house, save up for a vacation, save up for Grey Cup tickets because of how much those things are, <laughs> uh, head to atbprosper.com uh, for as little as 25 bucks. Uh, for contributions that you're making, it grows really, really fast. So atbprosper.com, and uh, they will get you in the direction and point you towards your savings goals, whether you want to go to the Grey Cup, whether you want to go to WrestleMania, or you want to eat a few of those burgers at BC Place and cover the ambulance bill, atbprosper.com to get that covered. Best part about going to BC Place to get that burger, I don't need a passport. Because I still don't have one. Have you ever had one? Yeah, I went to Europe in grade in high school. Let me think here. What, my, what year was that? Uh, that was the lockout year, so that would have been oh four oh five. The lockout year. That's when I took up poker. <laughs> Everybody did. That's when Canada <laughs> took up poker. <laughs> <laughs> TSN had nothing else between. It's like, what do we what do we play from October till the Scotties? Ah, throw poker on there. Somebody will watch it. <laughs> oh man, they didn't even have exclusive CFL rights, did did they? Uh, I don't think so because I remember watching a Riders playoff game at your brother's house, and it was the CFL on CBC. Yeah, those were the days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's those talk about the rider jerseys with the green numbers. Yeah, those were great times. Beauties. Let's talk about those <laughs> uh, Montreal Alouettes. Uh, Johnny Manziel is gone. And mm-hmm. it feels like this thing is so hush-hush. I, I don't know about you. I, I, I feel like outside of one drive that Manziel had against the Riders in October, this whole thing <laughs> was a waste a of drive, time. Was it? Wasn't it just three plays? Basically. <laughs> but it, it ended in a <laughs> touchdown and a two-point conversion. Yeah. So <laughs> It was the end of a drive. This whole thing uh, seemed like I, a waste of time to you? I think all the attention, uh, you know, he had he had to prove a lot to prove that he could play uh you know competitive football again after you know two years of nothing 
uh, you know, and he got rammed down our throats by the media, and it, it got tiring after week two of the preseason. It was like, okay, enough already. Let's just wait and see what he can actually do before we anoint him the next Doug Flutie. Uh, and, and granted, when, when you watch him at Texas A&M, it looked like that skill set and the way he played that that was tailor-made for the CFL. Mobile, uh, could still throw the ball, was able to scramble, make plays on his own when stuff broke down. Uh, you know, and then you know, failed NFL attempt uh, after he was drafted, and then he comes up here, and the CFL made him jump through hoops. And we all knew it. He knew it. The team knew it. And here we are. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know if it's a waste. Of, I don't. I don't want to say it was a waste of time because it got more eyes in the league, but it just seemed. I don't. I don't know the word over exaggerated. Maybe some. I, I don't know how to describe. It. it just seemed like there was too much for a guy who had proved nothing. I don't know if this ended up being a positive or a negative for the league overall. If, I. I I don't that, even. The only thing it the only thing it shows is that he obviously wasn't good enough to play here either. So it's not like it, I, I think it makes the league look a little skill wise look better. Maybe optically, maybe it doesn't look that great. But I don't know if he took it seriously. Uh, I don't. Well, and he he didn't he didn't in the NFL either though. That's true. Right, like they knew all this stuff coming in, and they still wanted to bring him in. It's like guys, you you, you know his mo and. I don't know what you think has changed other than, you know, I get it. He got married and he, he's, he supposedly matured and went through the rehab and, and the substance abuse program that they had him in and everything. But it's, it's really hard, really hard to change how a guy, a guy's work ethic. Everything about it is so weird because, you know, before he even signed, June Jones says he's going to be the greatest player in CFL history. Uh, and then the Thai Cats end up trading him, and nobody really knows why. I, I know they got a big return from Hamilton, but uh, I mean from Montreal. But he was so hyped in Hamilton, and I wonder if TSN kind of regrets uh, how much that they ended up hyping him because he ends up getting traded to Montreal, and then his first game in, he throws four interceptions. And then even though if you had if you had the Eskimos defense that night, though, you were laughing. Yeah. And the whole Montreal (laughs) situation had a ton of questions, too, because he was missing practices with, quote unquote, the flu. And then Sherman took him out and put Pipkin in and Pipkin was playing well for his credit. And now we're here where nobody even really knows why. There's all kinds of speculation and there's all kinds of conspiracy theories why he is now out of the CFL. Uh, Justin Dunk reported that he had some uh, conditions to his contract, that he had to attend these meetings to keep him on the straight and narrow and keep him on the right path. But, I mean, if you're going (laughs) to... I just find it bizarre. The, The stuff that he went through off the field before he ever came to the CFL and... He misses a meeting or two, and that's the reason he gets kicked out? I I find that really, really fishy. And, I mean, he didn't show up to the whole jersey unveil. I mean, when your offensive tackle is front and center on stage for the new logo being unveiled, Uh isn't that a bit fishy, too? 
Uh, I know there's all kinds of conspiracy theories, people saying he wanted to play in the uh, AAF, but they're paying everybody 70 k He could have made $400,000 in the CFL this year, so he would have made more money by staying here and then going next year if the league even survives. So I don't know. There's a, there's a whole cloud of mystery surrounding this. It, it, you know, if I'm, I'm assuming one of the conditions was, you know, mandatory drug tests. So I, I don't see him failing that, uh, you know, knowing that he's going to be tested. Uh, you know, he's gone through all the substance abuse stuff that he's gone through in the program. Uh, I, I don't think it'd be that. Uh, I, I know Justin Dunk saying that, you know, he had meetings with the league and, you know, like it's almost like a parole officer check-in. Uh, you know, if he misses one of those, it, I, I don't think they were cutting him any slack. I think it was, you know, you either do you, you do this and there's just no room for error and, the, you know, a slip-up and you're done. Um, there's also the conspiracy theory out there that he he orchestrated it to make sure that he failed to meet conditions so that he would be released and would have the opportunity to go to the AAF. And, you know, that that's supposed to be the NFL's development league now, uh, other than the fact they're still exploiting the NCAA. But, I mean, if he, maybe he sees that as a better option to get back to the NFL, but I, I don't know. It, I don't think we'll ever get the, the full story until they're, until like, you know, an engraved on the nation comes out in 30 <laughs> years and tells us the story. Well, and I think the whole uh, uh, NFL thing, I think they were watching him uh, in Canada. Like, don't kid yourselves. They wanted to see if he was going to apply himself to the game here, work hard, and succeed. And none of that happened. <laughs> no. But, like, you look at guys like Mike Riley, and he shows up early. He's the last one to leave. He yeah. does nothing but watch film and prepare. And we saw it. We heard about it at Texas A&M. He was missing meetings and not not preparing properly. He, we heard about it in Cleveland, the same thing, and you know Montreal. The same. It was. Just, it's the same old song and dance. And you know they still kept. They still thought they, uh, Leopard would change his spots, and they were proven wrong. And of course, it's Montreal that yeah. tries to make this work. And it, it, you know, but I, I think they have a better shot winning with Pipkin than they do Manziel from what we saw last year, but it's just not a good look when you bring a guy in like this knowing full well that, you know, he's been like this his entire football career. Montreal gave up a lot to bring him in, and, yeah, it looks Mm -hmm. like Pipkin is going to be that guy heading into training camp, and he did not have a full training camp last year, and he had flashes of brilliance last year. So, I mean, we'll see what he'll be able to do this year with the full camp, knowing that he's probably the guy under his belt. And I actually think that uh, Vernon Adams is has a shot as well. He uh, he came in, he, he tried to put the team on his back, I think it was last summer, and uh, he almost won them the game. And the fans were booing him because they wanted Manziel. So I'd like to see Vernon Adams get more of a fair shake as well. And... Uh, Hopefully they can just move past this whole distraction thing uh, and, you know, <laughs> quit being such a circus, both on and off the field. <laughs> uh, damn, that's the Montreal swear, guard, swear jar again. 
<laughs> you started it. I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> you wrote you wrote them off in the last story. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, poor Alouettes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's go through some of the signings and uh, releases. Uh, maybe some rumors that have happened, and then uh, I guess we'll talk to you in a few weeks. Um, Ty Cats end up signing linebacker Justin Tuggle. Mike Filer is going to be back in the hammer for an eighth season. Got to love that handlebar mustache there. And the Ticats sign Cameron Marshall, veteran uh, running back, was with the Riders late last year. I like what Marshall brings to the table, so mm-hmm. I think it's a big signing for the Tabs. You know, and a, a very, uh, what would you call him, a very capable uh, running back to back up behind Alex Green. I'm pretty sure the job is going to be his to start the year, yeah, uh, you know, and Filer, you know, shoring up that offensive line like he does uh, is really good. And Justin Tuggle doubled his tackle from doubled his tackles in 2018 from the 2017 season, uh, you know, and two forced fumbles. So it's not. I mean, Hamilton just. I mean, they are going to be first place in the East. I don't think that's really up for debate. I think the big story in the East is going to be which team will rise to mediocrity and get that second spot. So uh, these three signings by the Ticats uh, just, you know, shore, shore up the offensive line, the backfield, and, and the linebacking core a little bit more. Uh, make sure they get some depth in a couple of those positions and just ensure that, you know, uh, an injury or two won't derail their whole season unless it's possibly Jeremiah Mazzoli. The Lions end up re-signing Canadian receiver Shaq Johnson. He had a nice year last year. I think he's only Mm going to get better. Uh, And it's nice to have that Canadian receiver on your side. Uh, Let's go to the Argos. They sign linebacker Ian Wild. They sign offensive lineman Randy Richards from the Calgary Stampeders. And Canadian quarterback Brandon Bridge. What is Bridge going to do this year? There's McLeod Bethel-Thompson. There's James Franklin and there's Brandon Bridge. Uh, it seems like he's going to have to have himself a big camp if he still wants a gig. <laughs> Brandon Bridge keeps going to situations where there is a guy or two in front of him that are pretty much established. I, I know it's kind of he up, does end up, up in there the air yeah. in Toronto. It, it, it's kind of up in the air in Toronto, but I mean these two guys, both these guys started games for this team last year, and both guys won football games for this team last year. So he's got to come in and prove that he's better than both of them. And you have two preseason games to do it. Good luck. Yeah, I do wonder. Well, there was a thought that the Argos would trade one of Franklin Mm -hmm. or Bethel Thompson. But I think just about everybody else is really kind of set. Ottawa. But would you want to trade them in the division and have them come back to uh, bite you in the ass? I don't know. Yeah, the Argos end up making releases. Uh, Terrence Plummer, Cassius Vaughn, and Johnny Sears Jr. Keenan LaFrance returns to Saskatchewan. And this is a big retirement. Travis Lule hangs up the cleats. And it's sad the way it ended up. Um, Mm -hmm. Because in 2011, you know, he wins the Grey Cup. He's the MOP. And then after that, it was just injury problem after injury problem, after injury problem. I guess he was pretty close to playing in Saskatchewan this year, but he just decided it's best to to not play. And he's definitely one of the good guys in the CFL, 
always one of the guys that you would want on your side. I mean, there's nothing unlikable about Travis Lule. So I think he'll be one of those guys, and I hope he's one of those guys that sticks around the league and maybe becomes a coach uh, in the Canadian Football League, whether it's with BC or with somebody else. But he actually wrote kind of like a reflection on his career that was on uh, um, Three Down Nation a couple weeks ago when he announced his retirement. It was a really good read. So I think he'll be a guy that... Uh, sticks around the game for a while, but he spent his entire career with uh, the BC Lions. He threw for over 20,000 yards in his career, 127 touchdowns, and he got that great cup in 2011. So I think it ended up okay for him. Yeah, it just sucks that he didn't get to to retire on his own terms. It's kind of, you know, it, I, I know that he's the one that retired, but I mean, just the body breakdown and the injury year after year. I uh, look at guys like you know, Wayne Gretzky, for example, was still productive when he retired. Uh, you know, it happens a lot in baseball where, you know, you can become a DH and still be productive. And then you get guys like Travis Lule out to retire due to injury. Or, you know, I know not not a lot of people are going to watch NASCAR, but, I mean, Daryl Waltrip, one of the greatest drivers in NASCAR history, his last 11 years never won a race and then finally decided to retire. So it's not like at least Travis Lule didn't have to go through years like that where, you know, uh, years of just mediocrity and not winning. Uh, but it, it sucks that he didn't get to decide when he was done. His kind of his body just broke down on him. Yeah, it was uh, a rough few years for him. But one of the toughest guys to ever play the game, and I think one of the classiest guys mm-hmm. as well. I, I guess we could talk Lions still here. It looks like they could be trading Solomon Alamimian and uh, David Foucault, an offensive lineman. They need to shed some salary after giving Mike Riley that monster contract. That's what that says to me. <laughs> Unless Ed Hervey knows something about the cap, we don't. Yeah. But, I mean, the amount of money that they, they spent the opening two days of free agency, uh, it kind of, we talked about it, just texting back and forth, that it was, Elamimian was probably done. Uh, Herdman did not look entirely out of place uh, when Elamimian was hurt, so they know, and he's Canadian. Uh, and, you know, it sucks to lose a guy off the offensive line, but with the guys that Ed Hervey brought in through free agency, uh, Foucault becomes expendable on that offensive line as well. And the Lions also bring in Rob Ralph. He was uh, kicked in the ass on the way out of Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't even... And the door and the door hit him, too. Yeah, he wasn't even given, like, a watch or a pen or something. Uh, but the Lions bring him in as their East Regional Scout, and that is a big ad for the Lions. Oh, that is huge. The Canadian talent that he was able to accrue and, and draft for the Eskimos and now with Ed Hervey. And Ed Hervey knows him. Uh, you know, they, they work together in that front office. He knows what he's all about, knows the kind of players that he can find and, and you know, looks at his resume of the guys that he has found. Uh, it's, it's, it's only a positive for BC. I, 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 don't, I don't know how anybody could argue this, uh, argue this signing. Some Alouettes news. Luke Brodeur-Jordan is back in Montreal. A veteran offensive lineman there is good uh, for the Alouettes mm-hmm. to have him there. Uh, Jermaine Robinson and TJ Graham sign uh, in Montreal for two more years. And former Montreal coach won a couple Grey Cups there. Argos coach won a Grey Cup there. Mark Tressman will be coaching in the XFL next year with the Tampa Bay team. Did you watch that unveil video? <laughs> Uh, no, all I saw was like the still, 
like before the video starts, like as I was scrolling through Twitter, and he didn't have a hat on, and I'm like, Ugh. the video like, nope. is one and of kept, the most. I kept scrolling. Boring videos I'd seen. <laughs> what and what you expect Tressman to be a super exciting guy? Come on! <laughs> but it almost seems like the XFL is already more legit than the AAF. <laughs> well, let, let's just wait until they actually get a game played, and, and like for Vince McMahon to say we're not going to have anybody with criminal records, dude. Good luck. Yeah, how are you going to find a? How are you going to fill a league when when you're already? Getting players that aren't in Canada or the NFL. The, the Alberta Football League couldn't even live up to that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we'll see. I don't I don't think he follows that same... Uh, well, I'm trying to think of any wrestlers that have criminal records anymore. I'm sure if we did some digging that <laughs> there would no, be... All the- all they do, all they do, is have secret affairs with other wrestlers until they're busted on Twitter or somebody makes a stupid comment on air. Yeah, that's true. You know what? As, as a wrestling fan, though, they've done they've done tireless work to clean up that image mm-hmm. in the last. They had to ten years I think or a something. Lot of that ha- a lot of that had to do with Linda McMahon running for office. I think so. I think so. But that that's a whole nother conversation. Because for- you can date back the last time you saw blood on Monday Night Raw to when Linda was in public office. Yeah, it happens by accident now if a guy bangs his head on yep. a post or something. But, man, it, I, I was watching some 80s wrestling on the WWE Network. Every, oh, just about every match, just blood all over the mat. I'm like, holy crap. Because as then, a kid. And then you had Jimmy Hart around. As a kid, I was desensitized to it. But now, watching the current product and going back, it's like, whoa. <laughs> Did that match yeah, really need blood? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. it. You know, color never hurt like we saw it in SummerSlam a couple years ago when Orton got opened up by Brock. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was a big surprise. The hard and way. Brock maybe took it a little, Brock maybe took it a little too far. Uh, but when it does happen now, it's like a treat. Yeah, that's exactly it. So right. it means more when it happens now. Yeah, it's like there's a reason this is happening. So we're at this point of the off season when we talk about uh, color <laughs> in wrestling matches. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kayfabe is dead. So uh, Fat Tuesday was on Tuesday, or in Two and Outs World Tuesday. Uh, I had a <laughs> hey, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I had What's a that? ton of tacos. <laughs> On Tuesday, I, I know it's Pancake Tuesday, but man, I have so many pancakes. I, I went for the tacos on Tuesday, and then Wednesday was the start of Lent, right? And I think Mardi Gras is underway in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all craziness. Uh, what are you giving up for Lent? I think I'm just giving up. <laughs> I've seen that a few times. You're just giving <laughs> up. No, uh, well, I I want to say Coca Cola, but I haven't had a Coke in over two weeks now. So, I'm going to give up CFL stats for the next 40 days because I am done career numbers and I don't have to look at them again until we get closer to the season. So, I'm not even going to open up that spreadsheet. I'm going to give up chocolate-covered raisins. That's not even a thing. You can't because you you wouldn't eat them on a regular basis anyway. (laughs) So, something that I do on a regular basis. Holy man. I can't give up pancakes. I give up 
I was going to say Pepsi, but I don't drink that either. Can, can I give up Footloose? Because my knees are still bruised from the wedding. I'm going to give up deodorant. Oh, I'm sure Taylor will love that. <laughs> uh, I'll think about it. Uh, <laughs> we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. And I, we, need just, we need to just shout out the network in general. It's so fun to be a part of this group. And two podcasts from the network actually won awards at the Canadian Podcast Awards in Toronto. So cross-pollination... Is it's in the business series? They actually won in that category at the uh, uh, podcast awards, and the Boffy Storytelling Podcast was named the Outstanding Art Series. So look at that: two Alberta Podcast Network shows winning at the Canadian Podcast Awards, and we've actually got a new affiliate uh, podcast in the network that is uh, done by the Edmonton Public Library, and they won a podcast award at the Outstanding Branded Series. So what are we doing, Ty? Hey, we won the first ever CFL, CFL Twitter, Twitter award. award. So, I mean, <laughs> we are the OGs, if you think about it. So, so should we start this campaign now to win a Canadian podcast award next year in the sports category? Can we do it? Well, what's more important to you, the podcast award or beating Zach Evans in round two of of whatever food challenge you're going to have? Are you saying I can't have can't. my cake and eat it too? Well, you, we got to pick one and go with it. Like, it's going to be a lot of training if you guys are doing brisket. <laughs> like, let's be honest, that's a lot of red meat. I you actually started training uh, on Monday. I am like, I don't care if it's minus 20. I'm going for a walk. My beard is just disgusting. And weird. I have actually given up uh, caffeine for the past few days, too. I thought you were going to say you, you were giving up trimming it. I should do that. Yeah, yeah. that no deodorant. I'm sure you'd still be married from Jacob <laughs> time. Travis Curran, Brazilian tie with another off-season check-in. I don't know when we'll talk to you again. We'll see how the news goes. I think we're going to be seeing um, some uh, new era merchandise uh, roll out for the league in the next little while. And uh, the CBA discussions are going to be going on as well. So hopefully we get a deal sooner rather than later. Rate and review. uh, Subscribe as well on iTunes. And we will. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.